for music educators on the go. This is the band director's bistro. Today's sponsor for the bistro is none other than Irons Music. Check them out at www.ironsmusic.com. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm John. And we'd like to welcome you to the Band Director's Bistro. In every episode, we're going to give you a virtual cornucopia of topics, from appetizers to main courses to delicious desserts. John and I have a combined 60-plus years in music education, and in this podcast, we're going to discuss things relevant to you, the music educator. And hopefully, make your job a little easier. While we're getting your favorite table ready, John's going to tell you what we have on the menu today. On the appetizer, we've got getting the tofu. Our main course is going to be the band room buffet, and today's dessert is carpe sorbet. Mmm, carpe sorbet. Yummy. All right, looks like your table is ready right this way. Right for our appetizer, we have getting to tofu. This is a little play on the getting to know you. In this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves. This is our first episode of the Band Directors Bistro, and we wanted to introduce ourselves and talk a little bit about our history. John, how did you and I first meet? Well, we met. When I first started working at the high school you were going to as a student. That's right. You were the assistant band director at my high school. And I think one of my earliest memories of you when you were doing a demo of a costume that we were going to use in a field show. I had gotten that costume from the local thrift store. I do remember that now. One of my first memories of you, John, was when you were talking to one of our then trumpet instructors. And you guys were talking about the time that you had spent in Santa Clara Vanguard. And I remember thinking that I have I had no idea what you guys were talking about. But you were talking about winning a world championship. And he had also won a world championship, but not in the same year. Marching in 1981 wasn't too bad, I understand. Well, you know, if there's... There's two things I remember about that year. Uh, well, two main things that stick with me. First of all, finally at prelims of the 81 World Championships, we finally beat the Blue Devils and Horns. And we had never done that all my years when I was marching. We were always looking up at them. And to finally beat them, that's a cherished memory. And the second thing is that core still holds one record in DCI. The only core ever to go from seventh place one year to winning the next year. Yeah, that is quite an accomplishment. Kind of impossible these days. That's, I guess, for me, where I remember what I remember most is how we turned it around in one year. So, Mark, how about you? When did you start marching in the Vanguard, and how many years did you march? I started marching in the Vanguard in 1997. 
That was my junior year in high school. And I marched for five years. Uh, lucky enough to march all five consecutive years. And yeah, um, ended up joining the club that you and our trumpet instructor had in uh, being a part of the 1999 World Championship Corps. Uh, that was really special. And then, of course, uh, just a couple of years ago in 2018, I got a chance to to go to finals and see Santa Clara win again. And it had been a long drought. How many years? 19 years since you got, you were the last one to win, 99. A 19-year drought. And it was wonderful to see the core do so well. And it was really, really special to hear them play Send in the Clowns on the field after their victory performance. Man, I wish I would have been there. So, John, I've got one other, one last question here to end appetizer. And that is, what did being in the vanguard mean to you you know for me i think what i got away from or what i took away from that core more than anything else was work ethic really understanding what you're made of as a person even after a long day of rehearsal you've been busting your butt for you know 10 hours on the field working horn parts whatever it might be and you're exhausted and then they tell you one more run through and you don't know how you do it but you find the way to do it and you realize that there's more of you inside than you thought there was and that is a that's it's a life experience you carry with you forever and can help you in just about every aspect of your life being in the vanguard taught me you know mental toughness also physical toughness but i think one of the best things that i took away from that core was the friends that i've made and that i continue to cherish to this day uh going back to visiting and seeing the Vanguard win the world championships a couple of years ago. I did that with uh, two of my fellow uh, Vanguard brothers that, that I marched with, uh, one for five years and another for, for three. It's great to maintain those relationships. And they say, you know, it's kind of like being in the army, right? I think, you know, one of the major differences between Santa Clara and the Blue Devils and most some a lot of other corps is the the paramilitary aspect that at least that aspect that we endured in the eras that we marched. I know we've talked many times about the differences. There are certain things that I think are always going to be the same when someone thinks of the word vanguard. They have a certain mindset. They certain certain things that they that people think about. Agreed. Agreed. And that's no disrespect to the other cores that also work very, very hard. But when you any if you're in the anywhere in the drum corps world, if it's your met you mention along the way that I marched in the vanguard, that means something a little bit more than just about any other core. And it's definitely opened up many opportunities for me in the world of music education, especially the world of marching band. You're fortunate in that regard because your era drum corps had already become well-respected in music education, whereas in my era, it was just beginning. In the 70s, it's hard to believe nowadays, but in the 70s, drum corps was not respected at all by traditional music education outlets, i.e. colleges, universities, things like that. If you were a veteran of drum corps, college education did not respect what drum corps was doing at all. And right as I was marching is when it started to change. And the fruits of that is where your era benefits, which is great, and it should be that way. 
Ah, our server is here, and it's time to move on to the main course. Tonight's main course in our episode is going to be all about the Band Room Buffet. Mmm, I love a good buffet. And just like a good buffet, it covers all the bases properly. The Band Room needs to be the same thing. It's, in my opinion, the most essential tool a band director has. Your band room is your workspace and where you get it all done. And just like a great buffet, the band room has to be balanced. Proper tools have to be in place and it has to be a positive experience. So we're going to talk about some of the qualities of some of the best band rooms that you and I have ever been in. We're also going to talk about some of the qualities of some of the worst band rooms that we've ever been in. And then we're also going to give you some ideas to help organize your band room. Please keep in mind, when we're saying the word band room, that's just the term that we're using as a catch-all because we know that there are many people besides band directors that are going to be listening to this that are music educators. So this could be talking about your jazz room or your choir room or your piano lab. And at many schools, it could be one in all. There are still many schools out there where one music teacher teaches all of those things in the course of a day, and one room serves all of those purposes. So how can we make those rooms effective for all of those purposes? So, John, you and I, we think we've probably been in about a thousand band rooms throughout the United States of America, giving our given our drum corps history and also our education background in general, just clinicking and going going throughout the country and seeing different band rooms. Talk to me a little bit about some of the qualities of what you would consider to be a really well-organized band room. For me, when I look at a well or what I would consider a well-organized band room, it's a room that has everything in its proper place. And some rooms have the luxury of having a separate storage area, a separate storage room, or other my other smaller rooms that you can do other things with. And sometimes it's just one large room. But no matter what it is, it's whenever I walk into a room where I go, this is right, everything is in its proper place. For example, you might have one large room, but uh, a well, but you can use shelving, for example, to take the place of having a separate storage room. That's one idea. But Everything has to be organized. There's also the idea that, you know, your band room is is your first impression. So it's your first impression when your principal walks in, when other educators walk in, uh, not just music educators, but the English teacher. So it says a lot about the program when you walk into that into that room, it says a lot about you as a director of that program and how you run that program. Well, it, it says a lot about all of those things, but in addition, who are the people that's going to use it most? Your students. And they're going to see that room daily. And so it also helps to go ahead and create a positive atmosphere, a work atmosphere, a motivating atmosphere for those who need it most, the students. And so however you can set up the room to make it the best possible experience for your students, that's going to be a huge boost to help to make your program the best it can be as well. What are some of the worst band rooms you've been in, John? Well, without getting into too many details, I think the worst band rooms I've been in are the type of band rooms that use their available space very badly. In other words, very unorganized. 
there might be spaces that can be used for storage but aren't because students leave their cases laying out on just the ground. I also see, num- or I've seen numerous cases where it's obvious when you first walk in how the room isn't very well taken care of. You see garbage laying on the ground, a Coke can laying next to a trash can that somebody tried to hit the trash can but missed, and nobody has taken the effort to pick it up and throw it away properly. And those little those little things help, it, it just helps to set in your mind, ah, this program is not aimed towards quality. And nine times out of ten, almost ten times out of ten, I'm proven right. There's a band room that we both know very well. It's in a very rough neighborhood, kind of school that has a chain link fence around it. That band room, when you walk into it, that band room oozes professionalism and it tells you a lot about the program right when you walk in. You know that the band's going to sound in tune because of the way the band room looks. The pride that is taken, you can also tell that it's not one person that's taking care of that room. It's a community effort. That's really what you're going for when you're talking about your band room is building that sense of community. I used to have a sign in my band room that was hanging right next to the clock, and it said, clean band room equals clean band. And right below that, clean band equals clean band room. And I told my students, one goes with the other. You can't be clean on the field. You can't play articulations cleanly. You can't hit those impact points perfectly. You can't do that unless you can keep a clean room first. It's the basic tool that the rest of the program is built upon. That band room, that workspace, is your foundation in many ways. You have a messy band room, you're going to have a messy band. And it's just, it's that simple. And again, from the experience that both of us have had, being in hundreds, maybe a thousand band rooms in our, in our combined careers, seeing an organized band room usually equals an organized band, an organized sound, an organized program. A messy band room is almost always the opposite. That school you were referring to, that band room you were referring to, I, I remember that school well. We both worked there at various points in our careers. And on that campus, which in that very challenged area of the city, on that campus, that band room was really an oasis. It was just vibrant. It was full of color. It was beautifully organized. The moment you walked in those doors, those kids knew what was expected of them. And the program reflected it in terms of how they performed and how they looked on the field. They really had a great program. The director's legendary in Southern California. That program, while you were just getting into high school, that program was famous for being about half the size of its other competitors and yet still being very competitive or even winning many times because of its quality, regardless of the fact that they were beating bands or competing with bands that were double their size. That tells you a lot. All right, John, let's talk to our music educators out there about ways that they can organize their band room or their space in general. The one thing I can think of is music stands. I believe that everybody that uses music stands in your room, and it's pretty much everybody, and we all know this problem, is getting into the routine of putting them away. So many band rooms I walk into and see music stands strewn about and it just doesn't leave a very good impression at all um 
get your students into the habit of putting those music stands away. I work with programs where you've got band extra rooms where you can just put your music stand away in the extra room. And I also work with programs, one of my current programs, where we don't have that luxury. And so we just have them put them all in the corner of the main room. Whatever it might be, it's still organized. And that's the point we're trying to get at. Keep it organized. Just don't let them Don't let your students put them wherever they want to put them. Designate a spot for them and make sure they do it the same way every time. Like John was talking about earlier with the Coke can that missed the trash can and no one bothered to pick it back up because that's going to happen sometime. So maybe someone thought they got it in and they they happened to miss. The goal is to make sure that whoever is next to come across that trash can for them to pick it up and throw it away properly. And so that's the idea that we want to start training our students to do the right thing and building that integrity in our students. I have a pretty simple ground rule about that. I currently allow my students to bring in drinks or snacks if they wish. Where I'm teaching at, they're oftentimes busy doing many other things during the day and don't have a chance to always eat a regular meal. So sometimes they're subsisting on snacks. Fine, I get that. My only ground rule is this. You're welcome to bring them in, but if you can't take care of it, if you can't throw it away on your own, if you can't be responsible enough, and I have to pick up your trash, then I take away the privilege. Simple as that. If they can't be responsible, they don't deserve the privilege. That's right. And there are going to be many band directors and many music educators out there that straight up do not allow eating in that room. And that's perfectly fine, too. I've done that in the past. I totally agree with that. If there's one element that you're looking to improve your program with, start with your band room. It sets a new attitude for your students. It impresses your parents. And talk about the atmosphere and expectation you can set with your incoming students and parents. They walk into a well-organized, a professional band room. They know right away from day one that they're going to be in a quality program. That benefits you for years down the line. And the word of mouth on that also is priceless. It could be considered a recruiting tool. I always think of it that way as far as when we're recruiting for new students, knowing that we can bring them into a quality facility and go, look what your student's going to be a part of, can be in many ways that final selling point. Opa! Well, that's what happens in a busy restaurant when you're when oh, the bistro is goodness. rocking like what we're doing right now. Things like that happen, okay? But I think it's time. Oh, it's time for dessert. Today's dessert is carpe sorbet. And this is our take on carpe diem or seize the day. For our dessert today, we're going to be talking about work-life balance which fits right in with the sorbet you know seize the day you know sorbet the day we want to be able to maximize as not only as band directors and music educators but as human beings we want to maximize our day and so our day isn't all about work can't be it cannot be but for all too many a music educator work is all consuming it's all they can do all the time and we're here to tell you that's just not healthy. You can't do it. All work and no play, you know what turns into that? Burnout. Burnout. That's really what it is. And if you want to be your best for your students and help to build your, give yourself a long, fruitful career, you, you got to be able to avoid the burnout thing. So what can you do outside the job? That's, that's what you got to find. 
some of the things that you can do to avoid that burnout are to find a great hobby. Find something that you love to do, that you're passionate about, that is perhaps not music related at all. And that will allow you to get your mind off of all those details because especially come festival season and, you know, the day before a regional or, I mean, I can, I know we've got all those, all of those We know what it's like. The band, the competitive band director, Mark, especially here, he knows more than most people how many hats a band director of a big brawny program that does fall marching band, winter percussion, winter guard, concert band, jazz band, orchestra. And it's a lot of hats to wear, and so it's vital that when you're a director of a program like that, that you find some way to relax outside the program. Band directors wear so many different hats, from music director to lead accountant to tour manager to... Marketing and advertising. Barbecue advertising, mattress salesman. Believe me, we know. We've been there. I will never forget. I will never forget your alpaca fundraiser, Mark. I just got to tell you That's that. That's right. I'll never forget I alpaca fundraiser. You don't need to go into it, but bingo. just, just oh, alpaca chip bingo. Oh my god, legendary uh, alpaca chip bingo. Okay, back to sorbet. So today we're going to talk about a few of our hobbies. John, what's one of your hobbies? One of my hobbies? Uh, well, I have many, actually. And now, as a music educator, musician, you know, I still love to listen to music even for enjoyment. But there are those times I just got to get away from anything that involves a note or a rhythm. And I think for me these days, cooking does that. It's just very therapeutic and relaxing to to be in the kitchen and coming up with new things. And I'm also very fortunate. My wife is a wonderful chef. And so learning from her, trying new and different things, to me, that's very therapeutic. And it just it's something that's totally different and separate than music. Yeah, for me, I like to collect baseball cards, like many a baseball fan out there. I collected when I was uh, younger in middle school and kind of stopped doing it in high school and college. Once I got a little bit older, I started picking it back up. It's something that I can do, and it, it's nice and relaxing. One of my favorite people to collect in terms of cards is my childhood idol, Bo Jackson. Bo knows. Bo knows. That's right. So I've got quite a few Bo Jackson cards, and I've got quite a few on my list that I'd still like to get. You know, my brother, now he's not into music, but he's deeply into the computer business. And one thing he does outside of that for relaxation, he's been doing it since he was a child, stamp collecting. And he's totally into it, and he wow. just, it's a wonderful hobby for him. So, And he's he's got volumes and collections and this and that. He goes to conventions and things like that. I'm also into sci-fi. I, I'll always enjoy a good sci-fi movie. I've enjoyed Star Trek since I was a kid, Star Wars. I used to go to Star Trek conventions, and I don't do that much anymore, but I still enjoy the genre deeply, and it's great to go ahead and just sit back and watch a movie like that, and it takes you away from your daily challenges i too love star trek and star wars and have also been to star trek conventions and currently been watching the new picard show as well as the mandalorian and really enjoying those you know i've got some uh, music educator friends that have been getting into cycling this seems to be a really great for exercise if you can pick uh, a hobby that 
can also have some physical benefits as well as mental, then that's even better. So yoga, cycling, jogging. Walking. I know I have a very good band director friend who makes it a daily point to walk 12,000 steps. And 12,000 steps equals something like five to six miles for exercise. And he doesn't like to run. He's there. I, I hated jogging, even though we did it in drum corps. I did it as part of required training. But for me, I like walking. I also like to walk if I can. And so anything like that, jogging, bicycling, whatever. It's so important for your health, your mental health, your physical health. We don't want to hear about any more band directors falling down, having a heart attack in the middle of rehearsal. I think there's probably way too many stories out there like that, and it's not good. And you know, if you're that band director that just still always likes learning, you can always go out and take a walk, and you can be listening to our podcast. That's right. You could be in, in, enjoying both at the same time, a little relaxation while you're learning something new. How great a bargain is that, huh? know how busy you are we want to thank you for coming into the band director's bistro today thanks again for coming everyone educators on the go this is the band directors bistro